From the campuses of East Tennessee State University in Johnson City, Tennessee, and Emory and Henry College in Emory, Virginia, this is Religion for Life. I'm John Shuck. Do you ever wonder what it is that you feel you're supposed to be doing? Um, what it is that the sacred is calling you to do, or whatever name you have for the sacred, something bigger than you. How do you go about making decisions, big decisions, about uh, what it is you are to do with your life and, and who you are? That's the topic for today. My guests are Michael Christensen and Rebecca Laird. They're speaking with me via Skype. Uh, Michael Christensen is Associate Professor in the Practice of Spirituality and Ministry at Drew University. Rebecca Laird is Associate Professor of Christian Ministry and Practice at Point Loma Nazarene University, where she teaches practical theology. They are authors of Discernment, Reading the Signs of Daily Life, published uh, in 2013. This book contains previously unpublished writings by Henry Nowen. Welcome to both of you to Religion for Life. Thank you, John. Thank you. It's nice to be with you. So glad to have you with us. Um, how did this book, Discernment, come to be? Both Michael and I knew Henry Nowen, Michael as a teacher, and I as someone who worked in publishing on some of his books a number of years ago. And we were... Uh, privileged to be with him just before he died. And after he died, we had this sense that there was significant amount of his work that uh, had not yet reached the readers, uh, some of his unpublished writings, and just some of the themes that he spoke to, but never got around to writing about. So we uh, were known to people that uh, worked with Henry Nowen's estate and legacy. And we began talking and it became clear that there were some themes that uh, we really wanted to explore. And we started with spiritual direction. That was the first book, and then went on to spiritual formation, and then discernment is the third one. So we put these together through archival materials that hadn't been published, and then there are some uh, portions of the books that were published in other venues. You know, the, the papers, the Henry Nowen uh, legacy papers, uh, unpublished articles, homilies, journals, uh, drafts of books that were published, all that lives, all that is in, in an archival uh, room at the University of Toronto, St. Michael's College at mm. the University of Toronto. So that's accessible to scholars of religion and spirituality. We made a number of trips there to comb the archives and find the nuggets of, of useful material for posthumous books. So these three books have been written, of course, after his death, and, and we've written it with the collaboration of the Nowen Estate and the Legacy Trust. But this latest book on discernment is drawn mostly from unpublished portions of his journals. He wrote at least eight journals, complete journals of different um, periods of his life, over 25, 30 years, and uh, amounts of unpublished material. So we mostly drew this discernment material from his journals where he practiced discernment. And mm -hmm. uh, he never wrote a book about it, but you can glean from how he practiced this spiritual discipline what might be a more systematic presentation of discernment, which is what this uh, book is about. Tell us a little bit about Henry Nowen and his life and uh, his importance. Uh, what did he do? I think I'll just make a quick statement about Henry Nowen's significance, and then I'll let Michael sort of trace more the development of his life. But Henry Nowen was a Roman Catholic priest, but his significance, I believe, is that he was able to bring uh, modern psychology 
and uh, ancient Christian spirituality together in a very accessible and articulate way. And he did that by plumbing the depths of his own uh, heart, which is a big word for him, and his own psychological understanding. And by looking at uh, his own life, he saw that as a prism through to understand both uh, who God is, how God works, and also what are the challenges of everyday human living. So he took all of that and wrote and taught in a way that invited people with their very ordinary lives to step in and understand some things that sometimes um, often other writers obscure. Henry Nowen self-identified as a psychologist-slash-priest or a priest-psychologist. He had this dual identity. And his professional training was both as a priest in the Roman Catholic Church in the Netherlands, and he did his graduate work in psychology, his doctoral work at the uh, University of Utrecht in the Netherlands. So as a psychologist priest, or priest psychologist, as he would say, he was instrumental in bringing together you know, clinical pastoral education in its formative stages. He, he, he researched and wrote at first at the, um, in Topeka, Kansas. Manning uh, Clinic. It, the, it was the Manager Clinic, Manager Clinic in Topeka, Kansas. And there was where the formative years of his life were spent in the psychology of religion. From there, he went to Notre Dame and became professor of psychology or pastoral psychology at Notre Dame University, uh, Yale University, the Divinity School, uh, brought him there, uh, where he became a tenured professor. That's where I met him. He was my major professor at Yale during the uh, early 1980s. Mm -hmm. From Yale, after 10 years of teaching at Yale, he left the Divinity School for a pilgrimage in South America and Central America. He spent most of his year, that next year, in Peru, where he met Gustavo Guterres, the, the father of liberation theology. And that was a very interesting period of Henry's life. For that's where he and Gustavo Guterres compared notes about social justice and spirituality. Uh, Henry was a, is a contemplative uh, spiritual soul, and he thought that spirituality would be the should be the basis of any kind of uh, activism or uh, action, social justice. Gustavo Guterres, as a liberation theologian, uh, led with his action and then reflected on action. So they, they got together and, and, and did some hmm. writing together. Uh, Henry took his course, and that was really formative for Henry's more active side of his Christianity. He also spent uh, time in Nicaragua and in Guatemala, and he came back to, the, to, the, to North America, to the States, as a you know, rather radicalized priest, calling attention to the injustices um, in Central and South America. Harvard Divinity School hired him as professor of divinity in the mid-1980s, where he remained for a few years, and then felt his true calling, final calling, was as a pastor at Larsh Community. Daybreak uh, is the name of the Larsh Community in Toronto, Canada. A community for persons with mental and physical disabilities, challenges. And he always called this downward mobility where we're so mm. caught up into upward mobility, he said often the gospel calls us to downward mobility. And for him, that meant leaving Harvard and finding his life among those with uh, physical challenges and mental 
emotional challenges. That's where he lived till the last um, years of his life. Um, 1996 is when he died. During this whole period of time that Michael just outlined, he wrote. And so during this period of uh, 30 active years or so, he wrote 40 books on the spiritual life. And so most of those details, his travels to South America, his restlessness at Harvard trying to discern his call, all of those life events were actually fodder uh, for both his writing and his understanding about how God works and discernment along all of those pathways is what this most recent book uh, really tries to look at and delve into a bit. So this book of discernment really takes on his own life because it's amazing. Notre Dame, Yale, Harvard, uh, all of the uh, the fame, I guess you might say, uh, success that goes with that. And yet that also had a sense on him as is this who I really am? Um, is, is God the sacred calling me to something else? And, and, and that and a phrase of downward mobility uh, is very powerful. Yeah, and his sense of calling was was not that he felt called once and for all to do one thing in one place. He he believed that God keeps calling us, mm-hmm. and God is always speaking to us in many many ways. And it's our spiritual task to try to tune in to what God is trying to say and what God has for us next. So this sense of vocation or call, and this practice of discernment is simply trying to listen to what the divine is saying each and every moment of our day through you know through dreams and visions through reading scripture through traditions through people that come into our path uh, through nature and our experiences in nature henry had this view that god uses all these media to try to get through to us so, well, let's talk a little bit more about that uh, discernment. Uh, what's the difference, perhaps, between discernment and uh, decision-making? Well, I think discernment is more of an ongoing process. It is uh, learning to uh, attune our own um, sensibilities, if you will, our own spiritual sensibilities, to uh, pay attention to where God might be speaking in the world, and I think Nowen had a, a clear understanding that you can't sort of segment life into spiritual aspects and non-spiritual aspects. And decision-making often says take the rational, do your pros and cons list, and make a decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think discernment is uh, attuning yourself not, ju- not to deny the rational aspects and the pros and cons, but to also say what do the people in your path have to say? What do uh, the books that you're reading, what truths are coming through that that, that stick with you, that... Uh, somehow continue to ring in your mind or ring in your your memory uh, in ways that may be nudging you in a direction that just a pros and cons list or some uh, very uh, logical, rational, uh, preferenced way of decision-making might miss. So it's looking that with the assumption that God speaks and the ways God speaks are multiple. And how do you listen and then attune your life to be about what you have a sense that you're being called to do? Uh, no one always felt that we were all called, uh, Christians are called to ministry and to service. But then within that, there are calls within a call for different seasons of life. And that often restlessness and uh, times of disequilibrium um, are actually good signs that tell us that it's time to listen differently and perhaps more broadly than we might in other times. You know, you can talk about discernment as a, as a method of 
discovery or ascertaining um, um, a sense of what's next in life or what ones, you know, what decisions you should make, but it's more than decision making. And you can contrast discernment as a method from, let's say, scientific method or secular intuition approach to life. So, you know, in scientific method, you would say, well, these are hypotheses that we test until we find, you know, the, the tentative answer and that answers most of the questions we're raising. So we're familiar with scientific methods and rational thinking. We're also familiar with uh, intuition uh, and, and, and discernment is more attuned, more like intuition than anything else. So we're intuiting what it is that we're to do and be and be about, but not by ourselves. Discernment is a community practice as well. So we, we discern in solitude for sure, but we also test that solitary uh, results of discernment in a community of faith. Henry would say, so that we check it out. Yeah, I would also just say that the word intuition isn't one that now one used very often. He would prefer to use the word that I mentioned earlier, which is the word heart. And the word heart for now and in a, in a very Judeo-Christian kind of way means a place of intersection, a place where the mind, where the emotions, where the volitional capacity to choose, uh, all those things that make up our core self, if you will, where they come together. Out of that is where the heart then can uh, really be heard and that we can speak with some uh, integration uh, to move out of our core identity. And those questions of heart and core identity were really foundational for now and, and are really uh, foundational for this book as well. My guests are Rebecca Laird and Michael Christensen. Uh, Henry Nowen's book, Discernment, uh, Reading the Signs of Daily Life. This is a book that they've uh, put together, uh, taking writings uh, unpublished uh, from his diaries uh, and putting on this theme of discernment, how we discern our vocation, how we discern uh, who we are as, as human beings, and uh, speaking about, about the heart of that matter. What my, one of the first books that I read uh, when I went to seminary was Henry Nowen's uh, Wounded Healer, and that aspect of of his own woundedness, of his own vulnerability, uh, attracted me to him, and I, I'm sure it's attracted others to him. Um, how did that? How does that play out um, in his discernment and in his spiritual life? Well, Wounded Healer, of course, is probably his most famous book, and the second most well-known book that he wrote would be The Return of the Prodigal Son. Mm -hmm. So, if you contrast those two two major books of his, you get at the heart of the matter. For, for Henry now and the wounded healer is about how we are all uh, you know wounded in our in ourselves uh, psychologically emotionally spiritually but that doesn't limit God from moving and working through us in fact Henry would say you can make your woundedness available to others and your capacity to to suffer uh, is available to others for their own healing we are healed as we are healers of others. The complementary insight to the wounded healer is the way of the heart. And so when Henry Nouwen looks upon the Rembrandt, the famous Rembrandt painting of the compassionate father embracing the lost son who's come home, this return of the prodigal son that Rembrandt uh, illustrated in a painting that the Gospels write as a parable, is about a prodigal who comes and lays his ear, his face, on the breast of the father. Uh, so Henry 
sees that as, a, as an image of how we are to put our own heart and ear to the heart of God and hear the heartbeat of God. If we can get close enough through spiritual intimacy to God's heart, we can then discern what God is saying to us and the presence of the divine in our own, in our own life. So our woundedness is brought into relationship to the heart of God, and out of that relationship comes a, um, a practice, a daily practice of discernment and decision-making. I think uh, Henry came back again and again to the theme of our belovedness. And he would have written in The Wounded Healer that our wounds can be, as Michael said, uh, made accessible for others, but our wounds aren't the final or best word about us. The final and best word about us is that we are the beloved of God. And that core identity, even though it's not the loudest voice for many of us and that our wounds uh, and our brokenness seem to take more of our conscious energy. Uh, now one would say, go back again and again to the deeper truth of who you are in your core identity as beloved of God, even with wounds, even with these vulnerabilities, even with these restlessnesses. You don't have to get rid of those things, that those things are actually part of the way God um, speaks to us and they can be formative in a positive way and not just in a way that we try to push aside. On page uh, 26 of this book, Discernment, uh, Henry Nouwen writes, Self-rejection is the greatest enemy of the spiritual life because it contradicts the sacred voice that calls us God's beloved. Being the beloved expresses the core truth of our existence. And he talks about how we can um, avoid self-rejection and, and yet be humble. But that, that uh, certainly is a central part of... of uh, of his own struggle, too, wasn't it? I mean, didn't he also have kind of self-doubts about, about who he was and, uh, and what he should be doing and, and um, his own neediness and his own vulnerability and yet still found a way uh, to find uh, God embracing him as beloved? That's the beauty of Henry Nouwen's uh, life and writings. That he, doesn't, he doesn't censor that, yeah. that self-rejection material. He, he shares his own spiritual journey and struggle with his audience, with his, with his readers. Mm -hmm. And he, he, he doesn't hide much. You know, he'll talk pretty freely about his you know, sexual temptations or his internalized homophobia, uh, at least in his last journal. We talked a bit about that. And he talked about his, his capacity to suffer with people. And, and he was always feeling uh, rejected or not fully loved by friends and family members. And he had this sense of inferiority at times. Yet that drew him and, and, it, and, it, and it drove him to a very intense prayer life. And in his morning prayers, he would get up early and, and, and pray daily and read scripture daily. In his relationship to God through contemplative prayer, he heard the voice of God say to him what God's voice said to Jesus at the baptism, that you are my beloved child. With you, I am pleased. And he thought and he believed and he taught that the words Jesus heard from his father is the same words that we can hear that God is saying to us that you, Henry, are my beloved son. With you I am well pleased. And that, that was the basis of his spiritual life, to reject self-rejection and to receive and affirm what the divine was saying to him, you, are, you belong to me, you are mine. With you I am well pleased. That's how he coped with self-rejection is to say no to that voice 
and yes to the voice he heard in prayer and contemplation. If you're just joining us on Religion for Life, my guests are Michael Christensen and Rebecca Laird, authors uh, with the late Henry Nowen of the book Discernment, Reading the Signs of Daily Life. His discernment also wasn't just uh, personal. It also regarded uh, the importance of discernment um, on a social level, on an interpersonal level, even on a political level. It's true. Uh, Often when we talk about discernment or some of these um, themes, people want to separate them out from some of the the core practices of Henry Nouwens. And he would always assume and teach that if you want to find out what God is doing, first uh, seek to be a person of prayer. Find some way to connect with God. Uh, Also, be a person that's engaged with scripture and spiritual reading so that you're always letting other people who are wise and who are thoughtful speak into your life. And thirdly, be connected to people in community in a way that there's accountability. He would not have affirmed a kind of discernment that's done in one's uh, easy chair in the corner of a room because uh, discernment is an interpersonal aspect and it also is one that's very deeply connected to the times and the cultures in which we live. You mentioned uh, that he saw discernment also in the social and political arena as well. And Mm -hmm. that's, we devote at least a couple chapters in the book to how Henry and others can discern the signs of the times or what is God saying through current events or critical events in not only your own life, but in the life of a culture or a country. Uh, He learned this method from his mentor, Thomas Merton. And Thomas Merton was perhaps the first to say, and Henry learned from him, that that God gives us uh, signs through events that happen to us, circumstances of our life, even political events of our time. When Merton was discerning whether to go to the monastery or not or to stay active in in regular life, he felt that World War II was a sign that that God was was trying to get through to a culture about uh, the need for witnesses to pacifism, the witnesses for peace. And, and Henry saw in the civil rights movement that God was trying to speak to a culture about social justice and equality and civil rights. So, yeah, Henry and Merton, too, believed that God was trying, that God always is trying to get through to us in many, many ways, including these signs in the political and social arena of our times. That's why we look at current events and say, what might God try to, what might God be saying to us through what is happening here and now? One of the things I love about Nowen's approach to discerning the signs in our political and uh, social moment is that he says um, that, yes, there are earthquakes, there are plagues, there are famines, there are terrible things in the news of how do we begin to discern in the times that we are living in, what God is doing uh, to bring about the renewal of all of all things, the great themes of God. How is God working in even these terrible moments, these terrible times, to remind us of the great purposes of God and redemption and renewal and things that often get shut down, those questions often get shut down by people's fear. And he was a great one to say, yes, there's brokenness, yes, there's fear, but pull back and also look and see, is there something else underneath all of these hard things? Are there some seeds of new life? Are there evidences of of goodness breaking through the crust of of, of rejection? Um, And so in that, he never let 
his readers or his students just go to some sort of dark and dismal place, but say to dig, dig deeper, look for the signs of uh, God's good purposes as well. And Henry, uh, a oh, Roman Catholic, Henry is a Roman Catholic priest, um, and immersed in the language of Christianity, of God and Jesus, and and the tradition. Uh, but he was also um, very open to other uh, religious traditions and those who were searching, uh, who had none, uh, no religious tradition. I mean, there's a sense in which uh, discernment is for them as well. Would would you say? Yeah, yes, we would. Um, Henry, as a Roman Catholic priest, was was uh, a global priest and really a priest for for many many people in many traditions. In his role as pastor of Larche Community in Toronto, the community was made up of not just Roman Catholics but uh, Protestants and some Jews and even some Buddhist types. And in his genius, he found a way to have a community of faith and even uh, a spiritual slash worship service that was inclusive of, of all God's people. And anyone drawn to the community of faith, he would find a place for. I think um, one of the insights that Nowen learned when he uh, was training in pastoral counseling is um, comes from Anton Boysen and some of the other uh, pioneers in pastoral counseling. But one of the themes that he wrote about was that he began to realize that God speaks through the text of the living human document. Hmm. And the fancy way of saying that all people have uh, God written in their lives. Rebecca Laird and Michael Christensen, uh, my guests on Religion for Life. The book is Henry Now on Discernment, uh, Reading the Signs of Daily Life. Uh, The two of you have spent a great deal of time uh, and effort and, and work of love in finding his writings, putting them to themes, publishing books about him. Can you tell me, um, each of you perhaps in a sentence or so, what is the importance of, of Henry Nowen for us today? What, what does the world uh, need? Uh, and what, what is Henry telling us? What, what does uh, kind of your heart say? I think the world is looking for some spiritual leaders and writers who can cross the, the boundaries uh, that divide us. And we need voices who can speak to the pluralism or the plurality of different perspectives, different traditions. And Henry's one of those voices that still speaks, you know, 15 plus years after his death, he, he still is able to, to, to show us the way to get along with each other and build peace. I think I would simply say that Henry Nowen Uh, says to his readers, even now, uh, bring your humanity as you seek for God. You don't have to leave your uh, restlessness or brokenness somewhere else and bring only the good parts. Bring it all. And in that, in an honest and authentic search, you will find uh, God and can discern what God wants from you. Well, thank you both for reintroducing me to Henry now, and I hadn't read him in a while. And so when I discovered your book, Discernment, uh, Reading the Signs of Daily Life, I was reminded again why he meant so much to me. 
uh, and just what you've shared about the beloved, about being vulnerable, about being uh, that bridge. Uh, so thank you for your labor of love, bringing his writings again with a fresh new approach. Uh, Rebecca Laird and Michael Christensen, authors of Henry Now and Discernment, Reading the Signs of Daily Life, uh, which is the third of a series, the first spiritual formation following the movements of spirit and spiritual direction, wisdom for the long walk of faith. Thank you for that and for being with me today on Religion for Life. Thanks for having us. It's been great talking to you. You've been listening to Religion for Life, a program at the intersection of religion, social justice, and public life. My name is John Chuck. I'm the minister of the First Presbyterian Church of Elizabethton, Tennessee. Our website is fpcelizabethton.org. You can find more information about Religion for Life, including links to podcasts and information about upcoming shows at religionforlife.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and iTunes. Religion for Life is co-produced by WETS-FM and WETS-HD1, Johnson City, Tennessee, and WEHC-FM, Emory, Virginia. Be well.